What even is TV these days? Well, however we're watching it and whoever is making it, one thing remains the same. There's no such thing as secular, even on television. I'm Josh Larson, your host and editor over at thinkchristian.net. Stuck on an airport runway over the Christmas break, catching the last few minutes of a Chicago Bulls game on my phone, I did ask myself if what I was doing counted as watching television. Whatever its delivery format, serial entertainment, be it a sports season or a scripted drama series, continues to be a huge part of our pop culture lives. So we're celebrating our favorite TV of 2022 on this episode, as well as considering how those picks interact with God's story. Now, this is the second episode in our three-part series celebrating the best pop culture of 2022, music we did about a week or so ago, and we're going to get to movies on the next show. For now, Catherine Freeman and Joe George will be joining me for our TV conversation, and they'll also be forcing a little Star Trek talk on me. To get us started, I wanted to share a TV pick that we got from listener Jesse Stimson on Twitter. You can find her at Jesse underscore Stimson. She highlighted the Star Wars series, Andor, and said this, Great storytelling, character development, music. The story of a man going from living for himself to becoming involved in something greater than himself. People fighting against oppression. Thanks, Jesse. We did talk about Andor on an earlier episode of the podcast within the context of antiheroes. We placed Cassie and Andor alongside biblical antiheroes for that show. If you subscribe to the podcast, you should be able to find that episode in our feed. Having now finished Andor, I agree with Jesse that it was one of the best series I watched in 2022, especially for Christians who want to grapple with the ethical implications of resisting injustice. So thanks again, Jesse, for that pick. Listeners, you can always connect with us on Twitter or on Facebook. Find us at Think Christian or send us an email. You can do that at tcpodcast at thinkchristian.net. We always like to get your feedback. You can review us too. In fact, we'd love it if you did, especially on Spotify. We're hoping to increase our presence on that platform. So if you listen to us there, please do go ahead and click those stars. Quick note, you can only do that if you're listening on the mobile app. Now, Apple Podcast listeners, we wouldn't mind if you rated and reviewed us too. While you all take a few moments to do that, I'll go get Catherine and Joe so we can dive into the best television of 2022. As my Andor talk at the top of the show might suggest, I'm more of a Star Wars guy than a Star Trek guy. Not that you can't be both. So I've got two folks here who are going to make up for my deficiency, Catherine Freeman and Joe George. Before we get to your Trek-related pick, let's let's lay out your credentials for the two of you. Are you both lifelong Star Trek fans. Catherine, what what would you say? No. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm probably more of a Star Wars person, like in terms of just like having seen all the different series. And I feel like my Star Trek interest is based on the quality of the characters and show. So I feel qualified to talk about Strange New Worlds, but nothing okay. else Star Trek related. <laughs> Fair enough. That see, that's that's good to know. Now, Joe, how about you? Does it go back a little further or a, a little broader and deeper? <laughs> oh yes, yes. I watch Star Trek regardless of the quality. Uh, <laughs> I've watched Star Trek my entire life. I own 150 Star Trek action figures. I am fully prepared to fill in any Star Trek gaps you may have. 
Okay, the action figures I have to pause on. <laughs> Again, my naivete, I didn't realize that was a thing. I grew up with Star Wars figures. Yeah. But, okay, they did it for They're Star like Trek They're like those, only, only cool, with better characters. <laughs> you, you get it. <laughs> I'm picturing that they don't have, I remember, you know, are they the very stiff arms and stiff legs still, like the no, Star Wars no, ones? No, or oh, no, those are the, that's Garbage Kenner. We're talking Playmates here. Oh. The, these are high quality. <laughs> There are figures in which the Ninja Turtles are Star Trek people. So can Star Wars say that? Yeah. Um, No. And I think that might be a good thing, but let's let's move on. Three-dimensional checkmate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's give listeners a little peek behind the scenes here, um, how we arrived at this point. There's a master document when we're putting together these shows, the podcast team. And you guys all chime in. It gives me a sense, gives all all of us a sense of what our favorite pop culture from the year was. And then we try to match, you know, interests with picks and shows and so forth. So you both listed uh, Paramount Plus, the series. Catherine, you mentioned it, Star Trek Strange New Worlds as among your favorite TV of 2022. Joe, very briefly for myself and the other Star Trek agnostics, can you Tell us what the setup is for this spinoff and then a little bit about what does make it unique in the larger franchise. Yeah, the short answer is that Strange New Worlds is a prequel to the classic Star Trek series. And so it is on the Enterprise, you know, the flagship ship, but the captain is Christopher Pike, played by Anson Mount, which lore people will know this is the captain before James T. Kirk. But a lot of the... uh well, not a lot of the crew, but some of the crew are characters that you may be familiar with. So Ethan Peck plays Mr. Spock. Shoot, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Celia Gooding, she goes uses her middle name as well as the credits. And I'm not pulling it up right here. Plays um, Ahura. Uh, Celia Rose Gooding, yeah. Plays Ahura as a cadet. And then there's a couple of, you know, deep cut Star Trek characters. Dr. Mbenga shows up, who was only in one episode of the original series. Nurse Chapel, etc. Um and so it's that crew, but it's kind of classic Trek sort of things where they just, they go, as the title suggests, to strange new worlds and have great discovery adventures. And it's very silly and very wonderful. Okay. Sillier, does that distinguish it? Is that one of the unique factors, would you say, than a lot of, okay, all right. Absolutely. Yeah. Trek at its core is very, very silly. And, and I like, again, I like all Trek. I like Discovery, which is the other big show that's running right now. I like that one very much, but it's very serious. We always save the world every episode. This one, they could do really silly, crazy things, and and I I love it for that. Okay, how about you, Catherine? Why why was it a favorite pick for you from last year? Yeah, I just thought I love as someone who's not a classic Trek person. I really loved the intention of the stories and like revisiting sort of. So one of the things, and some people might not like this, is the ways in which now the adventures. It's much more leadership with the people that they're encountering as opposed to maybe a more like colonial kind of we're going to come and tell you the right way to do things. It's Mm. much more that they're like partners and less like just like straight up policing. Like I think Captain Pike has a very strong moral compass and it's just a leader that you would want to follow like in the ways in which he cares for his crew members, the ways in which, you know, they kind of foreshadow he's going to have to make this like big sacrifice uh, at some point. But then also too, in a way that's like not super serious, you know, like he kind of in... Yeah, he shows care, but also it's like one of the big things is Ahura is like super smart, can do all these languages, 
but isn't quite sure she's actually called to um, be a part of the Star Trek battalion. That's not the right word. I know. I'm sorry. Starfleet. <laughs> Starfleet. <laughs> Starfleet. <laughs> Guys, you're getting a very... <laughs> hey, I'm not even trying it, Catherine. So props to you for the attempt. I saw Joe's face and I was like, that's not the right word. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so I just feel like... But the ways in which he guides her towards figuring out her calling and is not like he is very much like being a part of Starfleet is an honor and it's serious, but also you're a person and you can explore your interest. And if this is just like kind of a trauma response to something that bad happened to you, like that's fine if this is not for you, but you need to kind of figure it out in a way that like, I don't know, he just seems like more personable and caring. Like I watch Picard and I I love Patrick Stewart, but he's, and maybe it's just in his like demeanor. He just is not, even when he's being nice, it it doesn't come across in the same (laughs) way with Captain Kirk. And so I, Pike, I'm sorry, I keep saying that, Captain Pike. So, I mean, I just really love the for the character. I mean, and just in the ways in which just even, like, Spock, like, learning just this, the kind of backstory of him wrestling with being half Vulcan and half human. Like, I just feel like beyond the sort of science fiction, it's just a really well-written narrative about leadership and calling and, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's—yeah, I just really enjoyed the stories. Even the sillier ones were just, yeah, really— Good episodes of television. The Rongovians were rude to the Tellarites, reasonable with us, and deeply logical when talking to a Vulcan. So you're saying they copy anyone they come into contact with? Yeah, that's what I thought at first. And then it occurred to me, what if this was a diplomatic technique? They responded positively when I took Spock's side, even though it was in direct violation of what they'd asked. Maybe... They're just looking for somebody to take their point of view. Radical empathy. So do some of those ideas, Catherine, about leadership and calling, I'm wondering if that's what's also interesting about it from a think Christian perspective, because I do know about Star Trek, very ripe for theological reflection. It's it's actually one of the reasons I happen to like the mostly derided feature installment, Undiscovered Country, because of the, the spiritual searching that is going on there. So, yeah, do you do you see anything interesting along those lines in Strange New yeah, Worlds, Catherine? Yeah, you know, one of the big things, I mean, I kind of touched on this, is just in the ways in which they're revisiting their, their sort of mission and their calling. I think for Christians, it's oftentimes like, you know, how am I called to serve the Lord? And like, I've got to prop this thing up that God has called me to. And I think you just see so much that like, it really is pushing very hard against that narrative. Even for Captain Pike, as he's wrestling with this sort of self-sacrificial thing he feels he's called to, he has people come around him and say, are you sure? Like, maybe that's not right. Like, maybe there's another way to do this, that it doesn't have to just be you. And I just think the idea of like leading with people, right? Like that the ultimately for Christians, the call to lead is the call to serve. And so this sort of not lording over people or this like dynamic of I alone can save you kind of thing. And like really getting to see in a lot of episodes how they partner with the people that they're encountering, how they partner with each other, how they recognize each other's strengths and gifts and encourage people to lean into that. Like, Captain Lahan is kind of awkward and very scary (laughs) when you initially meet her, but, like, you kind of get her backstory of why she is the way she is. But I think on top of that, they kind of let her be herself. They're kind of like, you don't need to, like, change to, like, be this sort of Ahura type or, you know, you know, 
the other women on the thing. Like, you can be this kind of, like, tough how you feel called to be. And so I feel like what the big thing that I kind of took away is just, yeah, the call to lead with and that maybe calling is not just an individual thing, that there's a communal thing that you're doing together. And part mm -hmm. of the work of discernment is like, what is that we're doing together? Yeah, yeah. Joe, how about you? Any, any TC angles you saw pop up as you were watching the show? Oh, yeah, for sure. What am I, and this kind of goes along with what Catherine's saying in a way, but just kind of on the other end is, um, it is a show about exploration, and Catherine's exactly right to say that there is, for for all of its liberal bona fides, Trek is always very Western focused, and um, you know it's 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 kind of based on '60s Kennedy era sort of stuff. And so there is this very to a lot of the early episode or series, there's this very sort of Eurocentric even uh, view, even while it's encountering other cultures. And Strange New Worlds is so good about that sort of humility towards encountering people that are not like you and that willingness to, it's not willingness isn't quite the right word, this, the joy of discovering something different, mm. you know, from learning from other people. And, you know, even if you're not a big trekker, you, you know about Shatner and you know about Captain Kirk and Pike is kind of the 180 difference in that, but it even yeah. filters to the entire crew. There's just that mm. that joy of learning about other people that 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 makes the show so exciting to me. And I think that's I think that's important for Christians, especially American Christians with an evangelical background, since we are sort of, I will also say, especially for white male Christians, since we are the power pole, we have to 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 learn that there's real joy in finding out that you're wrong and real joy and forgiveness <laughs> in finding out other perspectives. And this show, I think, captures that in a wonderful, you know, sci-fi way. But I just, I find it inspiring from that, that, that you're, you're taking your lumps and taking your lessons isn't really taking your lumps. There's a joy and a forgiveness that comes from encountering people that are not like you or things that are not like you. And I've got to throw cool. out, i got to yeah, throw yeah. out, since you mentioned Star Trek V, there's a great Cybok name drop at oh. the end of one episode where they're like, oh, uh, 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 there was Spock's evil brother, Cybok. And it's, you know, wow. it's really exciting. So <laughs> I, I would have caught that one, too. So yeah, love it's it. Good stuff. You got to watch it, Josh. We're going to get you there. <laughs> all right. We'll see. We'll see. For now, let's turn to a show that, that all three of us can agree on and think is one of 2022's best, ABC's Abbott Elementary. This is the mock documentary-style sitcom. It's set in a public school in Philadelphia, and it stars series creator Quinta Brunson as a second-grade teacher. So we discussed the first season on a previous episode of the podcast. Brian Howell has written a nice post about it at thinkchristian.net. We're big fans of Abbott Elementary here at Think Christian. Season two, held up, at least. That's the that's what uh, it being on the list for all three of us suggests. So, Catherine, how do you think this second season managed to, to keep up the excellence? I think the chemistry of the cast, I just love them. Like, this is a school that you would want to work at. I mean, they are just... <laughs> In their quirks and eccentricities, just delightful people. And I really think the writing, and I I think a lot of it is just, you can tell that they like love coming to work and, and doing what they do. And I think that translates across the screen. And so I think the stories, I mean, my sister was a public school teacher. There are endless <laughs> gags that can come from <laughs> just being a teacher and the things that you deal with every day. I think the writing, but I really think there's something, there's like a magic in this cast. I, I really mm. think is what has, like for me, like I just am excited to see them in scenes together and like the ways in which they play off each other. It's great. 
Yeah, there's a familiarity at this point, you feel like. Like, the chemistry was there from the start. I think that was part of what made the show such an early hit. But now they're learning each other's rhythms. They know each other's characters better. And there's a comfortability that I feel as well in this second season that is very enjoyable to feel like you're a part of as well. Yeah, Joe, how about you? How come it's held up for you? Well, I, I, it, I see that familiarity, but also there's a, with that comfort comes the ability to kind of stretch out the characters. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love Ava because not only is the actor hilarious, but that's a very accurate portrayal of school administrators. And, but they're, but, but they're fleshing her out to beyond, beyond more than kind of the, yeah. the shallow one joke character. The episode where she had to be a substitute teacher was fantastic. And I always love that when you take, you take a character that's that has like their established lane, you know, she's really good, you know what kind of jokes she's gonna do, and they stretch it out. And not only is the character, but the actor is equal to the task, and you you get a sort of richness to the the, the one note sort of character that could be. And I see that with all of the the characters here that we get to see, you know, we get to see Janine kind of fail a little bit more yeah. in, in a wonderful way and and kind of stretch out those characters. It's 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 building on our love for them and letting them go in different directions and be more more uh, uh, fleshed out, which is wonderful. One yeah. character I think they're doing that well with is Mr. Johnson, the janitor, played yes. by William Stanford Davis. Could very yeah. well have just been sort of, you know he's going to pop up, deliver one liner, and disappear. Yes. But no, they've allowed him more space to become yeah. a fully— and, and you realize, like— there, there's a, a wry knowledge he has of the institution <laughs> that is starting to come to the forefront. And then Janelle James, as you, who you mentioned as Ava, so good. And also I like that they're not, this hasn't been like the redemption of Ava where suddenly she, you know, turns over all of those bad qualities, but it's almost yeah. like a, a slow dawning of how she might need to shift who she is without completely losing who she is. So I like that about it as well. And I think, did you say failure something about, or was that you, Catherine? One of you mentioned failure. Yeah, about Janine failing. Yeah, I thought that was a great episode in terms of like stretching out the her character and I think learning why she is such an internal optimist and sort of having Tyler James character whose name is escaping me at the moment say like that's part of the learning process like you can't get it right all the time and I thought that was such a good lesson and I think the thing about Ava is she cares in her own way like in the like winter season finale where Janine I mean is standing outside kind of alone and all dressed up and Ava was like I mean, I guess you can come with me. Like, don't talk to him. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? She's kind of like, don't talk to my boyfriend. Don't look at him. You know, he's dating me. This sort of classic Ava-ism, but in a way that is very much like, Janine, you look too nice. Like, you're trying to get out there. I see you're really struggling in terms of this, you know, breakup with Tariq. Like, so I'm going to invite you, include you in an Ava way. And I love that. I just love that she's like fully herself. But in a way that we're getting to see that, you know, she's multidimensional. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. I think, you know, overall, this season for me has established that this school is a place where you can fail. And that includes the students, which is crucial. But yeah, Janine, the uh, Janine, the main character, Jacob, the other teacher who, you know, thinks he has everything figured out. Uh, Chris Perfetti playing Jacob there. And he's learning he can fail. 
I think of the, the episode where he's trying to reclaim his improv past, which is quite amusing, <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. if improv, you know, if, if people you know and love engaged in improv <laughs> makes you feel incredibly uncomfortable, that's, that's a great episode. Um, but then I think what's also crucial is like in the aftermath of all these failings, we're finding this is a place of incredible grace. Uh, it's yes. almost like they're met with knowing love rather than a I told you so condemnation, which yeah. is what would be the instinctual way to respond. And I, it made me wonder, you know, like this, this is kind of what the kingdom of heaven looks like in the here and now, because you've got the imperfection, but then you also have that gracious space in the aftermath of that imperfection. And almost every character I feel like has experienced that in one way or another, either failure or maybe in the case of like Mr. Johnson, for example, sometimes he opens that space unexpectedly for some yeah. characters, <laughs> yep. which is a way of broadening his character this season too. Yes. I mean, then that's a continuation of Gregory's character who's kind of in this place that he doesn't really want to be. And we kind of watch him grow into mm. his vocation. And not only is he a wonderful teacher, but you see all of those great qualities in himself kind of come through that may be squashed by the expectations of his dad. Yeah, I think that's absolutely mm. there. Or maybe would never have emerged if he'd gotten right. the principal job he really wanted to right. begin at, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, I think right. that's so. That's such a good point about Gregory of like him like not really wanting to be there. And I think any Christian can relate to being in a season of life that you really don't want to be in. And you know, this sort of like I think he's a good example of like what are we going to choose to like take away from that? Are we going to continue to like gripe and and kind of. You know, even if, if it's right, like, you know, I think we can all agree Ava is not qualifying to be a principal. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, it, this is not to take away of the legitimacy of some of the gripes and things or, or even that there's any source of, like, blame for maybe difficult situations you find yourself in. But I, I love that sort of his sort of grace story of, like, learning how to be sort of that Paul content in whatever the circumstances and like, what is God doing here in this season at this place, even though that's not my preferred destination? And I love that about Mr. Johnson, about the <laughs> weird, like the whole thing with Jacob and Christmas. I was like, oh, <laughs> but I don't think anyone else would have gotten that out of him um, or like mm. been able to like communicate with him in that way of like, hey, like you're, you're killing it. For, you're killing the vibe. <laughs> Will you try the cake I brought? No one has even touched it. You're ruining Christmas, man. Oh, come on. My cake can't be that bad, can it? <laughs> oh, I'm not talking about the cake. Listen, I don't like Christmas either. You know what Tinsel can do to a vacuum? But you don't see me raining on everyone's parade. I think Barbara and Melissa enjoy my withering takes on... Uh... They chose frostbite over your withering takes. Yeah, I mean... Okay, I guess I could dial back the anti-Kringle rhetoric a bit. You gotta do more than that. This is over the top. What is your deal? There is no deal, man. I... You can't lie to the janitor. Plumbers, on the other hand. Look, Christmas is not my favorite thing, okay? I don't have a lot of good memories around it. Well, you had a chance to make a good Christmas memory tonight and you blew it. This is the only time these ladies really get a break and you're grinching up the place. You know what? Night's not over yet. And so, yeah, I've, Jacob has grown on me this second season. The first season mm, wasn't, but oh. he, I, I, he just is like so. I get why he's just so lovable in his annoyingness. <laughs> like you just see that there's like so much like hurt there that like needs to be unpacked, and that they this has become like a safe space or grace 
place for him where he's like even Gregory who like doesn't really it seems like he doesn't really like him. <laughs> the ways in which he's like shepherded and cared for Jacob yeah he just feels like the little brother who's still trying to find himself yeah uh, and I think they hint in the Christmas episode at some of the past that it, it makes him sort of who he is in some ways but Joe it sounds like you're still at still at annoying with Jacob <laughs> no I mean yes <laughs> I teach a couple of English classes in HBCU so as the white teacher at a mostly black school. There have been many times that I have looked at Jacob and said, oh no, I do that. Okay, I, I absolutely see. do that. And, and I have had Mr. Johnson's pull me aside and be like, look, stupid, <laughs> <laughs> stupid liberal white kid, you need to learn this thing. So yeah, no, me and Jacob, we-, we A little close uh, to we home. Probably, yeah, 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 little yeah, too yeah, close yeah, to yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Like see, during the Christmas- <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I need that love <laughs> and grace. <laughs> well, before we go, let's give a minute or two to one more title. May, this was maybe my favorite show of 2022. Joe, I know it's one you like too, Severance. Uh, this yes. is an Apple TV series set at a mysterious corporation where the employees, they submit to this, willingly submit to this medical procedure that separates their consciousness between their lives at work and outside of it. So basically, they don't remember their work life while they're at home, and then vice versa. Uh, Adam Scott stars in Severance. Now, this was also a favorite of the aforementioned Brian Howell, who's professor of anthropology at Wheaton College. He wrote in and shared this note. What does it mean to be a whole person? How do we deal well with grief, disappointment, and pain? What is the purpose of our relationships? I see all sorts of gospel themes about how God has made us for wholeness and flourishing and what it looks like when we lose hope in having the strength to deal with suffering. So thanks for that, Brian. Does that uh, ring true to your experience of the series, Joe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, as you say, the, 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 the series kind of makes this hard division between well, innies and outies, right, that they call them. Yeah. And the way that it sort of takes this ridiculous concept of, of cutting off part of your wholeness in order to do work, you know, because when you're at the, 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 the job, you're, you're any and you don't know anything about your Audi life. But the show is showing how that separation cannot maintain. You know, you really see that with Zach Cherry's character, uh, who I love because that's the name of my oldest son. He plays Dylan George, <laughs> who who finds out about his son, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he, he, we see him at the start. It's this guy who is all the way in on, on doing the work. You know, he's all the way. That's his entire life. And then when he gets that glimpse of his Audi's son, his, his actual, the way that that sort of breaks down and he realizes how unfulfilling just that half a life is. And it works the, the, the opposite way too, because we see the Audis and kind of how they're only part of the person. You know, it's, it's this kind of demand to be all we are, kind of like the other shows are talking about in a strange way. All the all we are and all of our failures and and goofiness and ridiculousness and and at our best. Yeah, I, I do think of it almost as the opposite of Abbott Elementary. It's this yeah. is a graceless place, especially the workplace. But you're right, yes. Joe. I hadn't thought about how the outside they're struggling as well. I mean, it's not yeah. just that everything is great outside. And I think it is because of that division and the gracelessness there as well. So, um, yeah, it, provide, it presents this sort of opposite environment from what Abbott Elementary does. But man, does it have incredible production design? Those sparse so office spaces, 
are just mesmerizing and dehumanizing. So I, I'm kind of, it holds me in thrall, even though I'm, I know like would never want to be there myself, but looking <laughs> at it, it's, it's pretty incredible. It strangely looks like an Apple store, which is odd because it's an Apple TV <laughs> show. It does a little like bit. looks like the Apple aesthetic to me. That yeah, clean I can see whiteness that. Yeah. and just yeah. anesthetic. It just... Maybe if it would, like, maybe if Apple had come about in, like, 1950-something or 60s, right, right. you know, yes. and it's, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> well, thank you both very much. Quickly, before we sign off, uh, do each of you have one non-TV recommendation from 2022 that, that you can make, either a favorite album or a movie from last year that you think listeners should check out? Let's, let's start with you, Catherine. I mean, I feel like as the resident Beyonce person, I have to say Beyonce. <laughs> I assume. Ren- Renaissance. But I would say a close second, and that was really unexpected, was Rosalia's Motomami. So I will go with my okay. core identity and something <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> I like it. We're seeing all sides of you with those recommendations. Okay. Thank you very much. How about you, Joe? Well, I got a piece about Glass Onion that's that's uh, right on Think Christian right now. And most people have watched it, but it's great if you haven't. But let me throw out another one out there. It's a little bit harder to find. Well, it's on Netflix, but people are ignoring it. It's White Noise, the Noah Baumbach oh, adaptation okay. of the Don DeLillo novel. I think it's a great adaptation. I think it's Baumbach's best movie, and I'm not really a huge fan of his. And Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig and Don Cheadle give just amazing, funny cathartic performances. It's getting overlooked, but it deserves to be watched. Yeah, well, I'm intrigued. It is being overlooked, and I'm sounds like I'm similar to you, not the hugest Baumbach fan, but have yep. like some of his stuff, and just the fact that it wasn't getting higher praise, even from some of the people who are absolutely nuts for him, made me think, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll get to that down the road, but but uh, it sounds like it is intriguing in some some ways that might that I might respond great. to. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again. I look forward to more conversations with both of you in 2023. What is the best place for listeners uh, to follow you throughout the year? Where are you guys at now online? Joe? Uh, I'm still at Twitter at J.A. George I.I., but on all of the little Twitter babies, if they pop up because... Elon destroys the one, then I'm Joe Wright's words everywhere else. But I'm okay, you staked, you staked your claims elsewhere as Joe Wright's <laughs> yes, words. Yes, yes. Good to know. I think Catherine, like me, you're you're also and like Joe hanging on at Twitter for now. Are there other I, places? Uh, yeah, I'm hanging on at Twitter for now at Catherine Annette. And then you can always find me on my website at CatherineAfreeman.com. There you go. Thanks again. You guys have a wonderful 2023. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Josh. irresistible opening beats to Abbott Elementary, courtesy of Chicago producer and DJ Maker. I hear that, I see that kid's backpack on the screen, and I know some 20 or so minutes of laughter and sweetness are headed my way. We hit on a number of series during this episode, but maybe your favorite went unmentioned. If so, let us know at ThinkChristian on Twitter and Facebook, or send us an email, tcpodcast at thinkchristian.net. Over on the website, we're going to be publishing articles with master lists 
of the best of 2022. So we're including our contributors' picks, but also those we do hear from listeners. So send those to us and we'll add them to the list. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss on any of our published articles like those, go ahead and sign up to receive our emails at thinkchristian.net slash subscribe. The Think Christian Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Visit reframeministries.org for more information. Our audio engineer and post-production supervisor is John Reeder, and Reframe's co-director overseeing content strategy is Robin Masson. I'm Josh Larson. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in about a week or so to talk about the best movies of 2022, further connecting our pop culture fandom with our faith.